Today's Sunday sermon has been made possible by the members of Southside Christian Fellowship Church and listeners like you. Thank you for your continued prayerful and financial support of this ministry. If you would like to get involved or simply want to learn more about one of our many ministries, please just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. You're going to fulfill your callings in life. You better learn how to preach the gospel, and you better do it out of not only out of the knowledge, but out of experience. We need to get bold enough to where we tell people, let me pray for you, and you will experience the Holy Spirit. If you had to preach nothing but what Christ had accomplished through you, what would you be preaching? We live in a world with an increasing number of problems. Some have solutions. Others just create more problems. As Christians, we have an opportunity to show this world the ultimate solution in Jesus Christ. But in order to do that, we can't be so afraid of failure that we don't even try. Today on Sunday Sermons, Pastor Eddie Mason takes away the option of being part of the problem and simply teaches how to be part of the solution. Amen. I've been teaching a series on the church being the church. And I've gone through, through several different things. And the last couple of times I preached on, are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? So this morning, I'm not going to wait for you to answer that question. I'm going to tell you the right answer. Is that okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the right answer. I am part of the solution. Amen. So if you're acting like you're part of the problem, somebody needs to kick you in the rear. Amen. And start acting like who you're supposed to be. God called you to be part of the solution. If you're part of the church, you were chosen for that purpose. Jesus came to reverse the curse, to change those things. His death and resurrection came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. The enemy brings nothing but death, sickness, and disease. And so we want to see that these things are changed. The proof of that mission and operation of the Holy Spirit is through the church. You know, signs and wonders and miracles didn't stop. I don't care what cessationists say. You know, they can tell me that all they want to. I've seen too many people healed. I've seen too many people delivered. I've seen too many people feel the manifest presence of God himself. I've, I've seen this over and over and over and over again. So tell me all you want to, and I'll tell you, okay, come with me. We need to get bold enough to where we tell people, let me pray for you, and you will experience the Holy Spirit. See, we're, we're, we kind of reserve because we're afraid somebody might not feel it or something might not happen. Reminds me of when I, when I was, uh, my kids were little and they played baseball. And, and I coached several times, but this particular year I did, and they were seven and eight years old, and they were playing ball, and, you know, and they'd get the ball, and the proper throw would be to second place or to home plate, and they'd holler, don't throw it, don't throw it, run it in, run it in. And I'm thinking, why? See, that's an instructional league. And so that's a time in their life when they, they, they need to be throwing it so they can learn how. Well, we want them to learn in practice. But if they learn in practice and they don't ever do it in the game, what good is it? Okay? And so I, I saw that and I went, well, y'all are nuts. Well, they're going to throw the ball away. So what? If they do it long enough, they'll get good enough. They will be the stars that we're looking for them to be. But if you keep telling them they can't do it, they're going to believe they can't do it. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. People get so, so upset about winning or losing for seven-year-olds. And I'm going, they all are nuts. Can I tell you that same thing is happening in the church? 
We're so afraid that something won't happen that we're afraid to do something to make it happen. You see, we, 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 don't, we don't even practice well. What do you mean? I give this church an opportunity every Sunday to practice. And you know the good thing about practice is God doesn't care. He will heal, deliver, set free anyway. He doesn't care if it's practice or not. See, this is not the main event. We've confused being the church with having church, and we think this is the main event. This is not the main event. This is the celebration center. This is the training center. This is the place where we come so that we can take it outside and change the world. That's what we've got to do with it. And so if you don't practice, it's not my fault. Let me say that one more time. If you don't practice, it's not my fault. I give you liberty. More than that, I give you liberty to throw the ball away until you learn how to throw it straight. You can mess up. I don't care. I'll, I'll, try, I'll help straighten you out. Well, yeah, but this is God's holy temple. Yes, we are God's holy temple. Not this. This is a warehouse that used to be a garbage place. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on. And so if we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, then we need to learn how to let him, uh, let him loose. We got him so bound up and so caged in, he can't get free. We won't let him go. And so we're encouraged to let him go. When the church comes into agreement with the Holy Spirit, nations are changed, people are changed, healed, and delivered. We got to come in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Guess what the Holy Spirit's saying? I want to heal him. I want to heal them. I want to heal them. We walk down the street and we see somebody that's got, that's got a sickness or disease and we kind of look away or we, we do this number, you know, where we don't have to see them when we walk by. And the Holy Ghost is saying, let me pray. Let me loose. I want to pray for that person. I want to touch that person. I want to heal that person. You say, shh, shh, shh. I ain't got time for all that. Man, I'm on a mission. I got to get to the $3 cafe so I can eat my tacos. I got to get to Walmart. I got stuff to buy. Don't y'all know Christmas is coming? And you got to go, man, you got to get out there now. And you got to buy all the presents. And you got to get everything wrapped. And you got to get the house decorated. You ain't got this time to be praying for people. Oh, I thought this was about the birth of Jesus. I'm being very sarcastic right now. I'm good at it. I've had lots of practice. When are you going to start? January 1st. January 1st. I'll start January 1st. Used to be when I was growing up, everybody would say, get around to it. And so the church printed up these little wooden circles to call around to it. So you give them around to it and say, get around to it now. We need to get around to it. Look what he says in Revelation twenty-two seventeen: The spirit and the bride say, come. First thing I want you to see about that opening line is that the spirit and the bride are in perfect agreement. There is unity. There's no separation. The spirit's not wanting one thing and the bride's not wanting something else. Right now the church is a little bit confused, and I'm not down in the church, but it's a little bit confused uh, about what we're supposed to be doing. And so we are, we are desiring things that the Holy Spirit does not desire. 
And whether you know it or not, that's conflict. And the Holy Spirit comes to you and says, boys and girls, understand this. One of us has got to change in order to come into unity. And I'm God, I don't change. So we have to come into that agreement. We have to come into alignment with the Holy Spirit. He said, the, the, the Spirit and the bride say come. Now most times that we've read this, we always think about that's at the end of the age and the Spirit of the Lord, I mean Jesus is returning and we're crying out, Jesus come. Why does it have to wait until that time? Look what the rest of the scripture says. He goes on and he said, and let the one who, who hears say come. And let the one who is thirsty Come, let the one who desires the water of life without price, let him come. Let him say, come. Come. Let's read that one more time. The one who hears says, come. You know, who, you know what that scripture is about? That's about salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not about Jesus returning. He's going to return when the Father says return. You see, now all of a sudden the Spirit and the bride are lined up and the people begin to hear. What do they hear? They hear the salvation call. And when they hear the salvation call, look what they do. They say, come. Am I making sense to you so far? Okay, I want you to understand what this scripture says. Then he says, let the one who is thirsty come. Not say come. Let the one who is thirsty come. He said, when you're hungry and you're thirsty, you're destitute, you're in despair, and things aren't going your way. There's, this, there's hunger in your soul and your spirit, and you know there's not anything right. Or I mean, nothings are not going right. He says to them, the Holy Spirit says, you come. Okay, so now we, we've got this, we got this understanding about what's going to happen. We're going to get agreement with the Holy Spirit. People are going to hear the Word of God and they're going to get saved. Those that are, those that are destitute, those that are, that are hungry, those that are thirsty, those that are naked, those that are poor, those that have all of these needs, they're going to come because they're going to come to Him. And they're going to ask Him. And He said, let the one who desires take the water of life without price. He said, the one that desires... What, is it, what does he say? The Lord says he will give you the desire of your heart. He says, the one that wants more of me, let him come and I'll give to him and it won't cost him a thing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't think y'all get that scripture. Maybe y'all like me, you've thought it had been about Jesus' second coming for so long you don't realize what Jesus just told us. What he said, line up with the Holy Ghost. Quit going your own way. And when you do, people will get saved, people will get healed, people will get delivered, and people will see my presence. We want to come to that place where we see his presence. I read this two weeks ago, but let me read it to you again. The Ephesian believers, 12 of them, became spiritual powerhouses after being filled with the Holy Spirit. They multiplied into 100, then 5,000, then tens of thousands. The church exploded in power. The temple of Diana was eventually emptied and destroyed. Ephesus became the Christian citadel of the, and known throughout the Roman world. 
If you go back, and I'm going to read a scripture in a minute, it's going to tell you that the way that Paul went into Ephesus was in power. He didn't try to persuade them with his intellectual ability. He went in there and blew their doors off. How did he blow their doors off? He loved them, and nobody had loved them like he loved them. You see, he saw the sick and afflicted, and he prayed, and they were healed. He saw the dead, and he raised them. That'll stir up some people. That gets some people stirred up. He wasn't there but two years. But for centuries, turn to your neighbor and say, centuries. That's for, that's a hundred years of a clip. For centuries, centuries, the Ephesian revival continued to blaze. Turn to your neighbor and say, Paul was just one person with the Holy Ghost. Ooh. You know what, Paul came in agreement with the Holy Spirit and he went to Ephesus because the Holy Spirit directed him to go to Ephesus. He found some believers that believed in the baptism of John who believed in, in repentance and he led them into salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And those 12 people got so on fire that they wound up leading 100 people and those 100 began to lead thousands and those thousands began to burn until the Temple of Diana was completely done away with and destroyed. The seventh wonder of the old world was completely annihilated because one man dared do what the Holy Spirit asked him to do. And this is what Paul said, I'll go if you will. I'll go if you will. Holy Spirit had every intention of going. Well, Lily, how do you know the Holy Spirit directed him there? Because Paul said, I desire to go to several different places and the Holy Spirit said, you can't go. But I want to. Well, that had to have been God. You know the devil wouldn't have been putting that in his heart. Wasn't. That was his own selfish desire. He wanted to go do what he wanted to do. Folks, we got to lay down our own selfish desire. Are y'all glad you came this morning? Well, four of you are anyway. I'm, I'm glad you're here too. If we believe we can do this, we can see a nation change. We can see the globe change. The apostles preached to the entire known world, 12 men without an airplane or an automobile or a train. They did have a boat. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing what the Spirit of the Lord says? I challenge you this morning with faith. I want you to begin to believe you are who God said you are. I want you to quit believing what everybody else is telling you. I definitely want you to quit listening to the lies of religion. I want you to listen to the power that's in the Word of God and say, I am who God says I am. And God says that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Godhead dwells in me bodily. That means the power of God dwells in you. The Father sent Jesus to save us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. And what we're doing with it, we're not using the power that we've been empowered with. We think sometimes if we get up here and dance a little jig and get a little bit excited that everything is going to be all right. Let me tell you what, everything doesn't get all right when you dance a jig. If you lay hands on a few people and they fall out. No, what happens is the people in the church get on fire and they set everything on and the road on fire. 
I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it to you again. My uncles were, uh, they, they were farmers, number one, they were dairy farmers, but they raced horses as a hobby. And the horses they raced weren't thoroughbreds, they were purebreds. If you don't know the difference between a purebred and a thoroughbred, the purebred runs behind a little, it's a little sulky that runs behind it. And so they hook this little sulky up and the, and the jockey or the driver sits back there. And so they like to, they like to do that. And so they were pulling horses to Kentucky. And uh, my uncle had four horses in one trailer. And one of the grooms named Ed had four horses in the trailer. And he told Ed, because Ed was known to be just a little bit laid back and slow. And he, he wouldn't push it. He told Ed, he said, you keep up with me. And so they're running down the road. And my uncle Luther looks in the back window. I mean, he looks in the rearview mirror. And he sees that for almost a half a mile, the median's on fire. And so he pulls over, and Ed pulls over with him, and the tire on the back of the trailer has been shredded, and it's gotten so hot that it's catching on fire. Now, when you got rubber catching on fire, and you put it with dry grass, you know what happens? Fire. And it's hard to put out. For over a mile and a half, this man spread fire everywhere. And he asked me, he said, why didn't you stop? He said, Mr. Luther, you told me to keep up. And I did. I loved Ed. He, he's such, a, such a, a gentle spirit. A mile and a half, the median was set on fire. Would to be we would be like that trailer, that our tire would get stuck and we'd start spreading fires everywhere we go, that we would burn with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, just to, I'm going to mix metaphors here just a little bit, but the other thing is it says that we are, out of our bellies flow rivers of living water. You know, have you ever imagined what that looks like? You ever really thought about that? No, we just kind of take it for granted. I have a vivid imagination. The only person that, that has more of one is Herman. I, you know, he goes crazy with this stuff. But I get this picture, you know, and the first thing when it said we have rivers of living water, the first thing I saw was a fire hose. <laughs> You know, a fire hose has got a, got a nozzle on it that's about that big around, and that stuff comes out under pressure, and it is just flowing. And I thought, wow. And then I began to see, you know, Teletubbies? Anybody seen Teletubbies? Don't act so holy now. I know it's no good, but anyway. And they got this big old thing here. All of a sudden, I said, no, that thing coming out of me, it's as big as my gut. It, that, that water just flowing. See, y'all don't get to distribute as much of the Holy Ghost as I do because y'all ain't got as big a belly as I got. Because it's out of my belly. Out of my belly flows rivers of living water. Can you just, can you, do you believe what God said? Some of us got it dammed up. We're not letting it flow. And if we don't let it flow, we're never going to know what God called us for. I have people tell me all the time, I, I got to know what I'm called for. I got to know my purpose. Why don't you just start doing and let God define you? Just start doing the stuff. God will take care of all the rest of it. Well, no, I got to have, I got to be, I got to know what my purpose is. That way I can focus on it. Well, your purpose is to glorify God. So figure out how to glorify Him and glorify Him. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit through signs, wonders, and miracles was the catalyst to the great harvest of disciples. Notice I didn't say a great harvest of souls. How do you know they became disciples? Because the 12 
won a hundred, who won a thousand, who won tens of thousands, and the discipleship went on for centuries. Everybody put on your steel-toed shoes now because I'm fixing to tell you the truth. If you are not ministering to people in public, you are not a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. He didn't send us in to be glory hogs. He brought us in to do the work of the gospel. Look what Paul said in Romans 15, 18. I will not venture to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Huh? Through who? Say that one more time. Through who? If you had to preach nothing but what Christ had accomplished through you, what would you be preaching? For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. By word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way down to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. I have what? Fulfilled. Turn to your neighbor and say, fulfilled. You're going to fulfill your callings in life. You better learn how to preach the gospel, and you better do it out of not only out of the knowledge, but out of experience. You can't have an experience until you get out there and do something. You've been listening to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, and He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.